this one. Cool. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Upwards. Uh, today, I'm joined by Hilary Walton. I'll introduce her in a moment, but welcome back to Upwards Season 2. It's great to have you listening in here. Uh, Hilary is a, a friend of mine. Uh, we met a couple of years ago and first appeared on her podcast, and today she gets to join us on our podcast, which is awesome to have her. So thank you, Hilary, for joining us. Uh, Hilary is a technology strategist at Microsoft, brand new in the role, and uh, she also runs her own podcast uh, called Digital Culture Ideas, uh, and it's very cool. You should go check it out. Uh, Hilary is a, is a technologist. She's a security uh, thinker as well, previously CISO at Cordia. Uh, an all-around great person. It's really cool to have her as the first guest on the show for season two of Upwards. Hello, Hilary. Hey, Phil. Awesome. I'm so pleased that you asked me to be on, so I'm really excited for this. Did I get the introduction right? You did, and not too long, which is great. <laughs> not too long. Not too long. Yeah, we like to sort of keep it keep it snappy and uh, get to the main point. So, well, look, today we're going to talk a little bit to, uh, with Hilary around, uh, around her new role, what she's up to in her new role. Uh, a little bit about this thing you might have heard of called ChatGPT. Uh, a little bit about security and privacy and how how it's affecting that world um, and technology in general. So uh, if you're new to this show, you can find an entire season one of Upwards on uh, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, also, uh, it's on YouTube. Uh, search for Upwards on YouTube. And also, we're here on LinkedIn as well. The fullback catalog is all uh, ready to listen to. So we've interviewed some folks around privacy, around security, around startups and leadership in general. We love to talk about those things. Uh, that's what we're all about here at Omidly. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Phil. I'm founder and CEO of Omidly. And we're basically turning regular everyday folks into security and privacy superheroes. So we make software which makes it really accessible for people to roll out a complete security and privacy program in a box. Uh, and we love doing that. And that's what we get up uh, every day to, to help people with. Uh, and part of what we're doing is really helping people understand you know, the technology landscape, the sometimes the startup world, the security world and the privacy world, and making that really as understandable for people as possible. So um, subscribe, like, comment. Uh, we'd love to hear from you as we go on this journey as well for season two of Upwards. Cool. Well, Hilary, tell us all about you. Tell us, uh, tell us what you're up to now. What your new role is, uh, and and uh, and how long you've been doing this for? Yeah, thanks, Phil. Um, so I'm a technology strategist at Microsoft, and I'm currently focused on the telecommunication and media industry. Um, that's the day job, and then the passion project is the digital culture YouTube show and podcast, which I do. Um, and I guess speaking about my day job, it's it's really kind of like a, a CTO role for my customers, a bit of a technology mentor in some ways. And really, um, customers come to me when they've got like strategic challenging issues that they're trying to solve or IT opportunities and, and they need some help figuring out how that might work or how it can be solved by, by the Microsoft stack, essentially. So, yeah, I was the size of Cordia. Loved that role. Great company. Um, and cybersecurity is still a massive part of, of what I do today. Um, I guess, and moving to Microsoft, my thoughts there were that it's a great opportunity to broaden out my technology skill set. So it's absolutely cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is part of all technology, um, but it's also cloud and business applications. It's data and AI, and it's also looking at things like metaverse and things like that as well, and IoT. So it's you know it's really broad in terms of what I'm doing there. One of the reasons I was really interested in Microsoft was that it's a really fascinating company, and 
I have a really great love of learning, like lots of people do. And at Microsoft, there's lots of different avenues for learning that you would ever think possible. Like, for example, if you're interested in rockets and um, space, you can go over here and do that. If you're interested in science, it's over here. Like the, the, the learning is really kind of endless at Microsoft. And obviously, it's got a big research engine behind it as well. So that really appealed. Um, and the leadership at Microsoft is, is really great too, um, particularly in Australia and New Zealand. We've got some really inspiring, really charismatic leaders there, but, um, you know, led by Vanessa Sorensen. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's a great place to be. I am only a couple of uh, months in role. So while I love learning, I'm definitely on a steep learning curve, but it's, yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, yeah I bet. I mean, a fantastic company. You know, I've, I've worked with Microsoft products for a long time and, you know, in the development community, especially. Uh, so have a, have a sort of a long history there. Uh, and I think, you know, just from an outsider's perspective, Microsoft has been doing some amazing things, particularly, you know, um, in the last last decade as they sort of the slow march towards really cloud technologies. And now, you know, uh, ChatGPT is kind of on the, you know, currently sort of in the spotlight uh, yeah. and the, the relationship and association with, with OpenAI. Really cool to see. And it feels very much like we're kind of in this new wave of, of technology that you you know maybe you don't see come about until you know sort of every decade or even every couple of decades really it's quite quite substantial. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you know what this is and um, and how this has kind of come into the consciousness and, and you know what we can kind of what we can kind of expect from this a bit? Yeah, I do. Um, but I just want to caveat to, to, you know, front up that I'm not actually speaking on behalf of Microsoft today. But what I'd love to speak to is more generally about um, generative AI and, and yes, ChatGPT, which has is Microsoft aligned. There's also Google Bard as well. Um, mm. So just to just to you know caveat everything, I'm not um, not in the development team. I'm I'm not across that. But I am very interested in technology, hence why I really you know wanted to come speak to you on this topic and what it all means. So, and it has captured public consciousness, hasn't it? Like just, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of exploded in the last few weeks. And I think it's kind of to what you mentioned before. So people have kind of seen this as a real technology sea change. Um, it's like the tractor was for farming or, you know, electricity um, and even the internet itself. Yeah. And if you think about those technologies, business then had to reorganize themselves around that. And I think that's what we're seeing with ChatGPT as we, you know, businesses and even individuals are starting to think about how do I leverage this capability and adjust what I'm doing to kind of build in what this capability can help us with. Um, so ChatGPT, um, it's a generative AI. So basically what that means is it uses human language models to, uh, to create text. It's like it's, um, you know, with search engines, you could put a term into search and it would spit out some links that you then had to go read and digest. With ChatGPT, particularly as it gets combined with search more and more, what it means is you'll be able to have a conversation around that information and what it means. It's like you're talking to a robot that actually can explain things for you or answer other questions based on what you've already asked. So it kind of is pretty exciting. Have you used it much so far, Phil? Yeah, yeah I've been playing around with it. Uh, it it's pretty impressive. and and. What's amazing is, you know, is it's, it can obviously just give you makeup answers out of thin air, you know, in terms of what what has in its own information <clears throat> sort of repository. But it's incredible because you can sort of give it information and then ask questions about that information as well. And I think that's quite amazing, right? And so you sort of you give it essentially an entire 
essay and then ask it some questions about that thing that you've you've already written and that's that's really powerful because you know it, it understands it and it can pass it and actually make sense of something that already exists as well uh which is which is pretty powerful so yeah it's very cool uh and still feel like i haven't really hit you know i've only really just scratched the surface i think in terms of its potential no well i think what's happening is people are sort of learning how to use it so just like when search engines came out and we had to kind of really learn what search terms do i need to put in google or bing or whatever it was to to generate the best information i think people are doing the same with chat gpt and that kind of generative ai as well like we're trying to work out what kind of terms or um you know kind of keywords do i need to put in to get the best answer back because i think while it's great it, it offers you fairly, in some ways, quite generic information. Like it's information that needs meat around the bone. It needs context. It needs real life examples to yes. be really meaningful. So this is this whole kind of this new interaction that we've got uh, with artificial intelligence, which is exciting. Yeah, and I think you know, you're, you're exactly right in that you know it, it really has it's what is it scraped the web sort of you know billions and billions of pages off the web, and sometimes the answers it gives you are. A little bit generic and sometimes a little bit outdated even in terms of the, perhaps the current practice so i don't think it's it can be necessarily leaned on for always you know specific highly relevant up-to-date answers on exactly a narrow sort of particular topic um, at all times but it can certainly provide you the basis for something to build on quite quite easily what like many technologies do yeah yeah exactly but it but the use cases are pretty astounding so if you think yeah. about in your everyday life you know it, um, we think of things like it can basically become your personal assistant you know looking across your diary and pulling out the really important things that you've got to do that day and letting you know what else you might have to prep around that uh, education so it can help really personalize your education um, in terms of you can inquire within the ai to get more information about things mm -hmm. that you need to know about um, even mental health and things like that like there's quite a lot of use cases in terms of providing people with the right resources to help with their mental health mm. um, and, and even content creation we're seeing a lot of that as well you know um, helping people write articles or blogs or, or whatever it might be so from an everyday perspective it's pretty amazing but also from a business perspective there's a lot going on as well yeah and I think we haven't really even seen seen the app the, you know we've only just seen probably half you know less than a percent one percent of the applications that can be really truly used for in that sense of, of of using information you already have but also then generating new things you know it's quite specific i think you know when it was a bit like we know when the next generation of search came along you know instead of you know if you typed something instead of just getting a bunch of garbage results you got like quite something quite specific and it had that same feeling mm -hmm. of like you know i think one of the the sort of throwaway questions i asked it was to write me a haiku about road cones uh you know in the first instance i was like there's no way this is going to work and sure enough it just wrote this like amazing haiku about road codes and i was like that's pretty scary you know that's uh, how does it even know how to do that and and you know where you can ask it to write things in certain the voices and certain tones of like you know styles which is quite amazing as well so i, well, I think it's jokes as well yeah, it's really captivating uh, you know and uh you know those those technologies are sort of extending to images obviously as well you can generate some amazing things but even videos mm -hmm. and sound and things like that yeah as well. so that is coming which is amazing yeah. and once your businesses actually start um really using it on their own data sets you know a lot of, for a lot of business at the moment it's about mm -hmm. doing more less that's kind of the thing we hear over and over again 
particularly as you know potential economic um, changes happen and you know recessions and that kind of thing how can we do more with less um well you know this kind of ai could use the source of uh, a knowledge source from within an organization to help people understand what processes to do um you know how to do their job so that when your your very uh, great talent leave the organization there's actually still you know people can still function processes can still follow because you know they're using the knowledge that's already there and um, even in, in businesses with like customer service you know 24 uh, hours seven days a week you know actually speaking to an ai who's not just giving you a pre um pre-done you know set of texts but actually you can inquire and, and go further with it that's super helpful in mm. terms of customer service so yeah, yeah. Yeah, indeed. You know, I can imagine, you know, for example, internal policies, it's like, what's our, you know, what's our uh, policy on this? And it can look at a bunch of information and give you a really succinct, summarized answer that's actually reasonably accurate in terms of... What and wouldn't do. that be great? Like, even if you think from a security perspective, tell hmm. me about, you know, um, how I need to safely handle my device. Well, what's our password policy? Oh, okay. What should I be using for this? Absolutely. Uh, I think those are really cool because those are well documented. They, you know, they're often documented things yep. that are just out of sight of people. They're often hard to kind of find or pass. But if you can ask a question, it returns you a really, you know, nice summarized kind of succinct answer that can be pretty would be would be pretty awesome. For Absolutely. Sure. And, and, and one day, you know, very soon you might have um, sort of chat GP technology and onwardly somehow that it, Indeed. you know, well, you know better, I, brighter and easier to I'll use. Be, Exactly. Uh, already thinking about it. Already thinking about it pretty pretty hard. So I, I it's it's I think a lot of people are looking at ways they can deliver something in their product, and uh, we're thinking about how we can, you know, we can use that technology to make the lives of our customers easier and to bring yeah. sort of more, you know more accessibility to people as well. So translating into different languages. Watch the space. <laughs> Indeed, and look, the commercial API is now available as well. So it's it's uh, you know it's pretty reasonably cost effective to get started, particularly at low volumes as well. Just checking that out myself on the OpenAI website, it's uh it's pretty reasonable to get started. So we're looking yes. at that pretty closely. What are some other you know um, what are some other things that we've seen that you've seen in kind of in the wild, um, you know technology you know users of this or even potential ideas. For other use cases, you mean? Yeah. For AI in general, it doesn't need to be ChatGPT, yeah. but you know, you talked about some um, of So I think another big use case is around HR and recruitment. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's processes there that can be, um, you know, automated so that, and there's sort of, uh, you know, questions that employees might have that can then basically, you know, take away that time from, uh, you know, an HR person and have kind of the AI doing that work as well, but still giving really good information to the employees. Yeah. Um, marketing and sales, you know, if you think of um, what has to be done there in terms of generating content or proposals and RFIs, um, or even just analysing the customer database to find out who's buying what and at what times of the day and and that kind of thing. Like it's, yeah. it's pretty all-encompassing. You know, in the context of asking specific questions about a customer's customer's own data in the form of a help desk, mm -hmm. you know, say, oh, it looks like, you know, we've asked it about, you know, your current data set and it's showing this or even reflecting reflecting that back to the customer themselves, but could be quite quite useful even from a support desk agent, you know, yep. uh, to sort of de derive intelligent sort of things out of, out of a customer's situation so that it can make life easier. Um, for them as well would be pretty cool. Talking a little bit, sort of moving on into sort of security and privacy, 
you know, there are lots of sort of implications for this. You know, there's lots of potential really amazing things we could do here, but there's some there's some things we should sort of keep in mind and be a little bit skeptical or wary about. Just sometimes these technologies can be used a little bit nefariously. So what are your thoughts on kind of on that, you know, the good, the good, the things that we need to kind of watch out for when it comes to, you know, maybe just AI technologies in general? Yeah, because yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. And I think certainly there are security and privacy things that need to be considered. Um, so what did I see in the news the other week? So you may have seen, um, for example, with ChatGPT being, and the use of that being taken up hugely, um, there was an article published recently about Amazon employees um, and saying the company was basically saying, don't put our proprietary information into ChatGPT because what they were seeing was that some of the confidential information that only the organization would know was starting to, to turn mm. up in, in the ChatGPT engine. So there's kind of those kind of considerations. Um, if people are doing RFPs, you know, salespeople doing RFPs, well, you know, you might not want to put the company name into ChatGPT if some of that is um, confidential as well. And in terms of cyber criminals, um, what we're seeing there is that particularly when English isn't a first language for a cyber criminal, we're actually starting to see um, ChatGPT being used to create really realistic phishing emails. Mm -hmm. Makes sense, right? Because if it's making you and I more efficient, it can also make cyber criminals way more efficient as well. And even coming up with um, malicious um, codes and things like that that can be kind of inserted into the emails. So there's a lot to consider in terms of privacy and security. Um, and as companies look to potentially use their own data sets as well, which I think a lot will want to do, mm -hmm. um, then things like the normal security stuff becomes really important. You know, what's the data encryption? How are you, you know, protecting that information? Mm -hmm. What kind of access control um, is there over that and making sure that that's appropriate? Mm -hmm. Making sure that any, you know, information is perhaps um, anonymized if it needs to be um, so that, you know, privacy can be withheld. And businesses are going to have to think about doing things like regular security assessments, potentially of their AI engines to make sure that um, that it's addressing vulnerabilities and also some human supervision of the AI is important to well as well to make sure that it is doing only what you want it to do <laughs> and not kind of anything else. Um, and I think also because it's humans right at the end of the day, employee training around AI and what it means and how to use it and how not to use it is going to be important. You know, I see there being acceptable use of AI policies um, that will come out or form part of the usual kind of AUP policy that an organization has. Um, yeah, so it's not, it's not, uh, it's not without its, you know, with opportunity, there are also challenges. But if you think about, um, like, for example, you know, people can apply to use ChatGPT as part of Microsoft's Azure AI stack. And I don't know if you've um, completed that application or not, but but, but it's not like all these security concerns are unknown to people. So in that application, for example, it's quite rigorous. It's not trivial kind of filling it out. And it's they're really trying to make sure that people are using it for the right purposes, that they're doing it responsibly. So because AI is not a new thing, it didn't just occur or kind of happen a few weeks ago. It has been around for a while. So businesses, particularly like Microsoft, are taking this really seriously and wrapping on security controls around it. But as always, it'll be a shared responsibility model and there'll be things that businesses have to do as well. Yeah, I think that's great. That's really well put. 
I, I, I take your point particularly around, you know, businesses starting to need to sort of think about what is our policy for staff in using AI, you know, to do their own jobs or to, you know, to put company data in, you know, you still need to think about personal information and store personal information that you can put into an AI tool and all those sorts of considerations And some folks who are maybe a little bit over eager may not realize or have fully thought through the, uh, the implications of, uh, <laughs> of, of, of you know, enthusiastically jumping into some of these tools. So it's a, probably a timely reminder to talk to your folks about this as we're in the kind of honeymoon period for these technologies. Mm. You know, just not to forget that this is just the same old foundational concerns around security and privacy are still there. Uh, and and they, not, they don't just go away uh, from these things. So that's a, that's a, really, a really, really good point. Uh, one of the other things you mentioned was that kind of human supervision of AI and mm. how do we, you know, everything is biased because it's essentially made by humans or the data is made by yeah. humans. How do we ensure that, you know, with it's with things like whether it's ChatGPT or some other tool, there's going to be many, many different variants of this, these types of tools in the future. How do we, how do we sort of combat the bias that inevitably sort of gets built into these, you know, thinking about the output, thinking about the inputs, uh, you know, there may be organizational bias or and lots of different flavors that kind of creep into these things. How do you think about those? Yeah, absolutely. And and absolutely when, you know, if we're thinking about HR processes and recruitment interviews, you know, if an AI is interviewing a candidate, you want to make sure it's not giving a, a biased decision at the other end. Um, so I think in terms of thinking about how to make good outcomes for AI and, and, and ethical outcomes, then it's kind of a multi-pronged approach. Um, so there'll be kind of technical things within the organization, but then kind of organizational aspects as well that need to be considered. Um, you know, wanting to make sure that whatever AI you're using, um, that it's actually got data diversity, you know, um, that it's not just getting all its research from a ticked data set, which it only suits one sort of type mm. of people or one ethnicity or one gender or whatever it might be. Um, making sure that however the algorithm is running, and it is an algorithm at the end of the day, that it's a fair algorithm, um, that it also doesn't discriminate certain types of groups, um, and also making sure you understand how the, or the algorithm is coming up with decisions. That's quite a big one as well. Um, there'll be regular monitoring, there'll be that human oversight, which we talked about, um, and also making sure that you know, because at the end of the day, there's engagement with the end user as well, um, making sure that any concerns are, you know, met by the different stakeholders um, of the AI, be it end users, the regulators, you know, the general public. Those things are really important. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, one thing that Microsoft is really big on um, in terms of AI is these six responsible AI principles. Um, you know, things like fairness, things like reliability and safety, privacy and security, inclusiveness, transparency and accountability, that whatever the AI is doing, it meets those principles. Um, but they're just good principles for like business and everyday yeah. life. But making sure that those things are kind of baked in, um, that's, you know, that's what's going to help kind of reduce that those biased answers that may pop up. Yeah, and it may take a little bit of time for for people to sort of get used to thinking in that way as well so it's really good to have those established more or less from the beginning if people want to look those up where's the easiest place to find those do we just search for something like microsoft ai principles yep responsible artificial intelligence principles responsible artificial intelligence. yeah cool 
All right, we'll see if we can dig up a link to that and include it in the show notes, wherever those uh, appear as well. Cool. I think it's a good resource for people to to have. You know, um, you know, I think like those people that are reviewing and monitoring the AI should, you know, there should be some diversity in that as well, because otherwise it's it's easy to sort of confirm that these things just look look and sound like mm -hmm. me when it's maybe not what we always want. Um, yes. It's a really good. Yeah. It's a really good. I think it's an early days, isn't it? You know, I think uh, we're we're we we've got some precedent on new technologies and and like you say AI isn't brand new but this is, feels like this first time this is really starting to kind of enter this mainstream to the point where it's you know, a lot of businesses are going to be dealing with this so you know having having good structures and principles and thinking in place like this will really help businesses navigate um navigate some of this uh this world uh no doubt you talk a little bit about this on your own podcast as well do you want to make, quickly mention sort of your own uh your own podcast uh digital culture ideas yeah, so digital culture ideas. Um, basically, it's a podcast or, or YouTube show that sort of looks at how technology is changing the way we think, communicate, behave, interact. So it's really up ChatGPT's, you know, alley because alley because it is having such an impact on all of those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's as part of it. I yeah talk about emerging kind of technology and where it's going and what it, what could happen. Um, but I also just interview really interesting or inspiring people like yourself, Bill, on it, who have really good perspectives on that sort of thing as well. Um, but yeah, but obviously ChatGPT is only one kind of trend at the moment. It's a big one and it's definitely pretty, pretty out there in terms of public consciousness. But I mean, there are lots of trends that are impacting our lives and, and businesses, things like the Internet of Things, you know, and how that looks. Um, blockchain is another big one. Um, and even sustainability, while it's not a technology per se, it's something that a lot of companies are looking at and they're looking at how technology can help their businesses be more sustainable. Um, and then there's the whole metaverse and, you know, augmented reality and virtual reality and, and even 5G connectivity and, and what that means, you know, like the fact that um, I could be really sick and need to have an operation. And then on the other side of the world, a doctor could wake up, um, perform the operation uh, from, from overseas. And then, you know, I'm, there's a robot who's actually doing the operation on me. And then I'm, you know, um, hopefully on the, po on the path to recovery. Like there's some amazing technology out there and it is changing um, the way we do business. But it's pretty hard to keep up with those trends. And, and But businesses are behoved to because, you know, they need to from a competitive advantage perspective and even as individuals we need to think about it as well because there'll be technology that changes the roles that we have today as we know it like you talked about um having a diverse team of people supervising the ai making sure it's you know <laughs> not being biased well you know that's kind of a new role ish yeah. that um, people could could be working in soon so mm. it is pretty exciting times yeah, indeed. Well, cool. Well, look, if people want to check out that as well, um, you know, search for digital culture ideas. I'm sure it's not hard to find on the internet where you find your podcasts, et cetera, like that as well. So check that out. Uh, uh, another great source of, you know, this kind of current technology landscape that we find ourselves in, you know, and fundamentally, these are all still very human problems, aren't they? Which is mm. a key reminder, you know, we stack so much technology in our lives, but ultimately, uh, we, you know, the human problems that we have are still very human and humans are involved in these things, human makes these things. So it's easy to forget that sometimes. Uh, so, so definitely check that out. Well, look, uh, thank you, Hilary. Uh, I think we'll, we'll wrap up there. We really appreciate your time and being and sharing 
you know, some really key insights around this technology and around what you're doing, uh, you know, in your new role at Microsoft. Congratulations again on that. Thank you. Uh, and we will hear some more from you uh, as we as we go through. It's a very cool time to be alive, right? And working in tech, it, it uh, really is. So uh, hopefully everyone uh, got some some great insights from this. And we will be back again next week to talk more about this sort of thing. So please stay tuned. Thank you again, Hilary. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Take care. See you. Cheers. Thanks.